Welcome back to another special edition of the Emerging Cricket Podcast. We're on match day three of the Men's Challenge League A here in Toronto, Canada, and it's the second of our daily pods. Now, we're not sitting on a victorious Vanuatu bus, I can say, unfortunately. Um, We're back in the hotel room of one Nick Skinner. I am Tim Cutler, and we're here to talk about the two games that were on today. We saw the hosts take on Singapore, and Vanuatu take on Denmark. Now, if we look at, well, I should say hello to uh, co-host, and um, he's, he's not wearing his bright yellow shirt anymore. He's got out of that, where I'm still in a sweaty Vanuatu cricket shirt. Say hello to Nick. Nick, how are you going? I'm very happy to be wearing the Vanuatu colours in spirit at the moment, but uh, literally most of the day. <laughs> yeah, we were sitting next to each other. I was probably less fidgety today, but uh, if we start first with the game that was on the other field to us, uh, Canada against Singapore, Canada ending up victorious there by six wickets. They bowled out Singapore for 188 in the last over, and after a little bit of a wobble Early on, got through to win by six wickets, as I said, in the 42nd over. It's a difficult one with no Tim David here for Singapore. I think Nick were probably wondering which Singapore would turn up. Also, bearing in mind their, I think by their own admission as well, a a pretty poor performance in, in Zimbabwe. And look, there were some mitigating factors there with some travel difficulties and six-hour bus rides when other teams were being flown around and and whatever. But uh, how did you see that game over on Maple Leaf Cricket Club Field C, Nick? Yeah, we were watching, or I was watching kind of uh, out of the corner of my eye, uh, trying to keep an eye on, uh, on two matches at once is, is always tricky. But um, yeah, Singapore, they got off to an okay start. I mean, they lost a wicket early, but then... Rohan Rangarajan um, scored a decent 49, and, and Anish Param in the middle order got 57. So they, they kind of scraped their way to a um, you know defendable-ish total. But just on Tim David, he is still the top run scorer in the Challenge League by almost 100 runs, and that's with you know his his team having two extra games in hand. And you know looking at that scorecard, I think just having Tim David coming in at the end to boost the run rate as he does really made the difference between it being a, a mediocre score and a good one. And, um, you know, 188 bowled out in the last over. That was good discipline bowling from Canada, and especially looking at Jeremy Gordon, who took two for 40 off nine, which isn't, you know, particularly impressive, you might say, but the fact is he's often quite wayward, and, and, and the fact that if he's been able to get that under control, <laughs> you know, not go for five, six, seven and over, I think that's a, a, an, an improvement and a, uh, you know, promising step. Um, the spin attack really uh, suffocated them throughout the the middle overs. You know, Salman Nazar, Saad bin Zafar, and, and Varun Sadev, all the finger spinners, the flotilla of finger spinners, all going at under three and over, which you know that really sucks the momentum out of any um, any batting lineup. So, um, yeah, good good bowling from Canada and uh, Singapore just couldn't quite get enough on the board. A uh, couple of jitters, as you say, early wobble. You know, one early wicket and then. You know, three for 66 with, with Nicholas Curtin getting a duck uh, to a pretty plum LB, one that kept low. We saw that one as we were looking over the, across the field. Um, you know, at that point, things could go either way. If if they get, you know, another wicket there, and they could really run through, get a bit of panic going through. But um, you know, Navneet Daliwal, the captain, scored a ton in the end, 100 not out of 108 deliveries. 
just doing what he does, hitting it down the ground. Uh, and, and Treas Mova played a much more circumspect innings after against Denmark. He was the aggressor, boosting the run rate kind of down the order. And it's nice to see the wicketkeeper batter be quite flexible in his approach. And you know, today he was he was the anchor. He let Dalywell do most of the work. He scored 19 of 32. And yeah, Singapore's bowling. It, they've always been kind of toilers. Um, they 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 go you know they try hard but th- there isn't really anyone with that cutting edge that can run through an attack in the same way as say Dylan Haliger did against Denmark uh, you know in the in the first match. Yeah, well we sort of heard it from the other ground. I think uh, Singapore definitely got very excited when they got those those first couple of wickets. You know, first wicket, Ryan Patan, as you mentioned, um, went when the score was on three. Uh, Matthew Spores, their very talented uh, right-handed number three who from from South Australia um, you know, he, he fell on the, the scores on 66 and as you mentioned with Nicholas Curtin going the next ball I think three for 66 the Singaporeans were, were jumping up and around but it was that fourth wicket partnership which got it up to 139 which really killed the game is there anything else from a, a canner perspective that you you want to touch on I think uh, Ryan Patan is an interesting case himself I think he's had a really successful recent past in the national T20s and, and before that as well. And I've got to say, hit the ball really cleanly when he played the practice game against against Vanuatu. Um, but he just seems to be scratching around a little bit. Yeah, he was he was awkward against um, the, the Danish quicks. Oliver Hald had him LBW a few times, uh, but given not out. Um, and, and, and before finally uh, being bowled, which, you know, got to do it yourself. Um but uh, yeah, and then one off ten today as well. So clearly he's um, he's struggling a little bit, which is which is interesting because in the recently held domestic T20 comp that they had, he was the the top run scorer with 254 runs in five knocks, which is pretty handy. A couple of fifties, strike rate of 140 plus, and and he's been doing that over the last few years uh, as well. Um, probably maybe yeah, probably the last 18 months or so, he's been in in really good form. Um, thinking back to that America's qualifier, and he went over and played in Nepal as well, and, and did all right there. So, yeah, I don't know, just run into a bit of a rough trot, maybe, or you know, maybe we're reading a bit too much into it, and he'll score a ton in the next game. That's certainly what I'm hoping for. Yeah, he just can't stop cheering for old Canada, can you? It just, it just, it feels like a, a, a troubled partner or an abusive relationship, in that, you know, you. They just keep dragging you along. They just keep stringing you along. They keep texting you and they just keep letting you down. But it's the hope that kills you. And we go to, let's call it the main match. But in the end, it didn't end up being much of a match. Denmark beating Vanuatu by 127 runs. Vanuatu captain Andrew Mansali won the toss on a pitch that, admittedly, I don't think anyone quite knew how it was going to play. Um, It's gone from being, or looking like a... A lawn tennis um, hosting venue on day one and not playing well at all to playing a little bit better between Singapore and Qatar and then today um, Vanuatu winning the toss and electing to bowl hasn't really been spoken about much but I think so sort of looking back on it and how it played from from ball one it might be something that you think that, well maybe Vanuatu should have batted first but Denmark posted 285 for eight from their 50 overs and Vanuatu in reply fell quite short at 158, um, being bowled out in the 39th over. You watched every ball of this, Nick. How did you see it? 
Well, probably the same as you, you know. It, we got off to a bad start. Well, we, there we go. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll, 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 we'll see how we go uh, when uh, Vanuatu's playing Canada. I'll, I, I guess you're, uh, you're, you're, you're giving me the shirt, so I'll have to be supporting you. But, um, yeah, got off to probably the perfect start according to Denmark's plans. You know, Nikolai Damgaard going hard at the top and Hamid Shah playing a more circumspect defensive role. Shah being just a really top-quality bat. He has a great technique. Um, but ultimately, you know, he, he batted at a, at a strike rate of 66, which is fine when you've got a guy at the other end going at 121, which which Damgaard did, uh, 69 of 56 deliveries. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, a 10 out of 10 execution for them because uh, if Damgaard goes early, and there are a couple of chances, and they'll be off, off a no ball um, from Apo Stevens, and then, yeah, <laughs> poor old Apo uh, got, got one hit to him at long on and went through his hands, uh, which, yeah, so, you know, if you're giving him two chances early on, he's going to make you pay. And you know, if, you, if you take either of those, Denmark, as we saw, they got bogged down in the middle overs. Um, they, they hit, I think it was uh, four for 120 in the middle 25 overs, uh, Coach Ben was saying, which, you know, that's that's pretty slow going. Uh, your your boys came back pretty disciplined. They they were bowling well through the middle there, so that certainly contributed. But yeah, you know you, you get Demgard early and Denmark can get bogged down, which is why this this execution was so important for them. You know, going 121 for none uh, in sort of 20 overs or so that really puts you up for a, a really good position in the game. And and Vanuatu was always kind of playing catch up with the ball. Yeah, you mentioned that mischance from from Apo. Yeah, it was a, I would say a pretty standard regulation catch hit to long on, but he's just come herring in, and I should know because I've been hitting the the long catches in um, and the high catches in the warm up, and we caught so many balls this morning that I as soon as that ball was hit, it's like come on, we've we've done the work, but just came herring in, just too keen, and in the end it dropped over his head and went for four, and I think that was. That was a really sliding door moment, seeing as the the rest of the day went on. As you mentioned, there was a real slow patch there in the middle overs, and it was actually when Hamid Shah got out that things picked up again. You know, Oliver Hold came out, and he ended up on 37, not out of 24, hit the ball really well. And Vanuatu's two young spinners, Obed Yosef, the left arm orthodox, and Raval Sampson, the leg spinner, um, well, Obed bowled, you know, I think four balls in the game against Malaysia. So you could say he's had his debut in his first bowl, but this was their first proper spells. And it's one of those funny things that you don't really think about until you hear about it and notice it, that there are no left-handers in Vanuatu apart from two old guys who play in the same team I'm in, and no one of them is not me. Um, <laughs> that that we have the experience of bowling to left-handers. So there's a certain um, manager who's been batting left-handed at certain times on this uh, on this tour so far to try and give the bowlers experience of bowling. You bat, you, well, Nick bats left-handed and he never he never piped up, but um, he, you weren't at that session, so there's still there's still an option. But you know you got a long, young leg spinner, you got a long, young left-arm orthodox bowler bowl, bowling to a hot and hitting left-handed batter in Oliver, and uh, it was one of those things that well this is pressure and, and a situation that you know they, they're going to get to but this is like literally not literally but it's the first time bowling in this in this situation and it's in an international and against 
professional players that are, uh, are hitting their straps. And it was a, a towards the back end of the innings as well. And with Denmark still having wickets available, they could really uh, take to the bowl. So it was good to see them not drop their heads. You know, um, you know, both openers Apo and, and Narlan, both right-arm seamers, both got two. Two wickets. Um, William Singh bowled quite well, one for 48. Josh Razu actually came on. He's, a, he's an off spinner and he was coming on to, to Nikolai left handed and he kept him sort of pinned to the crease. He ended up 42 from his 10 overs in the situation the game bowled really, really well. But then the two young bowlers, Obed Yosef, finished with n- no wicket for 53 from his seven. But uh, Raval got his first international wickets, two for 38. But um, yeah, look. <sighs> We've done a lot of scenario training around chasing these sort of targets and been quite successful back home. And Josh Razu and, and Nala Nipiko came out and were weathering the storm of a, of a, a decent opening spell from both, both fast bowlers and not fishing and just taking their time. But when they both fell in rather quick succession with Josh Razu going in the ninth over and scoring 25 and Nalan the score on 32, I think, in the 10th, it all just went downhill from there, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, just going back to the uh, the young spinners you were talking about, um, they were so impressive, especially um, especially Raval coming on. That, that wicket maiden to get shy out was just a beautiful spell of leg spin bowling. And, you know, Hamid Shah played and missed a couple of times outside off. One of them, um, Jared Allen, the keeper, reckons he nicked. Um, and, and then, you know... Well, I mean, yeah, I, I believe him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, carry on. But um, and, and yeah, and then and then Raval, you know, just just changed his lineup a little bit, and then Hamid uh, sort of tried to. I think he was just getting a bit restless, and he tried to sort of scoop it around the corner, and uh, pretty comfortable catch there at forty-five. So yeah, really nice piece of bowling, and and also Obed Yosef. He he was, you know, this is a lot of pressure to put on two young guys who've come into the team. I mean, especially in the case of Raval because of, you know, unfortunate circumstances with, with the, you know, the visa situation. And, you know, to have them bowling at the death, that's that's a tough introduction to international cricket. Um, with, you know, Oliver Hulled slog sweeping over, you know, over mid-wicket onto, almost onto the second, <laughs> the, the second field. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the balance of the team is kind of a bit awkward having so many spinners when ideally you'd want, you know, Patrick Matautava to, to be coming in and bowling at the death with with his um you know tidy seam bowling, uh, and obviously Darren Watu is injured as well, so that doesn't help with your seam options. So yeah, having so many spinners is kind of suboptimal. But I think Vanuatu did pretty well with what they've got. I would I would make the case that you know Apo and and Narlin were bowling a bit too full to Nikolai early on because he was just leaning forward and just absolutely bombing it straight. And he's got that power and he's got that game, so you you, you don't want to give him those opportunities. And he, he there weren't too many balls, you know, back of a length trying to jam him up, and so that's maybe something to kind of take some take some uh, take some learnings from that. Josh Razu, I was very impressed with. Um, he was very tidy throughout. I mean, yeah, none for 42 when when Damgard's going hard is uh, you know that's that's good work. So yeah, the bowlers there's a lot to work with. Um, I think Ben called them as raw as a steak at the butcher's shop. Um, but yeah, there's there's just so much talent oozing through this team. Um, and and same again with the batting. You know, seeing guys obviously Razu and, and Nipiko were a bit more kind of um, they're they're a bit more experienced. They've been in the team 
uh, for longer. But Junior Kaltapau, who, who came in at number three, you watch him bat, he's just got that quality that, you know, you can tell he's a top quality player. And, and he if he works to his potential, he will be probably one of the better cricketers at this level of, uh, of, of associate cricket. And, you know, maybe even pushing up towards um, top level associate player. Yeah, and as I mentioned with Josh, Razu and, and Nalan both falling um, by the 10th over, Junior came into bat and, and again, having seen him practice and how he was looking against Malaysia, um, came in. But uh, <laughs> then, uh, then, not opening uh, the bowling uh, this time, um, uh, Nikolai Damsgaard, who he had opened the bowling against Canada and didn't bowled too many more overs because it was this green wicket and it wasn't really turning a, a lot. But he came on to bowl and just tore the heart out of the Vanuatu middle order. I think after he hit three overs, he had four for five. And yeah, the ball that got Junior was probably the most um, innocuous one that, of his to get a wicket where Junior went back. I don't know whether he'd just premeditated playing a cut shot, but went back to something that was closer to a, a half volley and, and cut it back onto his stumps. But from his next ball, he dismissed a la uh, Vera Lilui LBW with a with an arm ball. And then an over and a half later, the hero from game one against Malaysia, Jared Allen, he, he just set up with a couple of flutter balls, flutter balls, and then tossed one up just enough on the last ball of the over, the last ball before drinks. Jared took the bait and running down the wicket, tried to hit him over mid-off for six and end up just looping to backward point for an easy catch. Um, and then next ball, um, Ronald Tari comes in and arm ball bowled basically under his bat. I'm not sure whether it went next to his bat or under, but it was sort of at a at a Yorker length. And then yeah, Damsgaard has four for five. And honestly, the game's the game's over at that point. I think it would have been you know so that the, the third through sixth wickets fell at. Yeah, three for thirty-six, four for thirty-six, five for fifty-two, six for fifty-two. Now six for fifty-two with the the batting lineup that we that we had. I'm saying we, like I play for Vanuatu. Apologies. Um, it was you know really shut the gate stuff, and the only shining light to come out of it was a, a really impressive half century to the skipper Andrew Mansali, but it was just a lone hand. He finished on on sixty-eight, not out from from eighty-eight balls. Yeah, how did you, how did you see it from that point onwards? I'm I'm not painting a a great picture, Nick, but there's only so much that can be said. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, props to to Nikolai. He bowled really well. Um, there, there was a fun little interaction with um him and Jared after the match. You know, came over and said, you know, I worked you out, and and Jared said, yeah, yeah, you you got me. Um, so you know, I think he just was was running hot today. You know, it was one of those performances where everything just works for you. You know, a couple of uh, missed chances with the bat and then all of the, the, the bowling uh, goes your way as well. And you're not going to recover. Or, you know, most teams aren't going to recover from being six for 52, chasing 280. Um, Mansale, I think, kind of shows the roadmap for what Vanuatu should be trying to get to because he's got he's got the power. He was, he was dinging sixes down the ground um, at will, basically, towards the end there when he decided to just cut loose. But he also has just a bit more maturity and a bit more kind of situational awareness of when to play the shots. Um, because, you know, even Apo Steven down at number nine, he absolutely smashed it. Uh, 24 off 13, two fours, two sixes. Uh, thanks for coming. But he, he, you know, then he tried to do it again and, and yeah, just got bowled. So, you know, 
these guys they have they have the skills they have the shots but they they don't quite have the the know-how to to put it together and the you know if you can marry up that experience that Andrew has you know he's been in the team for over 20 years now yeah, he started when he was, I think, 15 years old. His nickname's actually Joey, which I've only just started calling him on this tour because when he started in the team, he was so small, it was like a Joey that he could climb into someone's pouch. Well, yeah, So and now he's the you know the, the senior figure in the team and he has all that experience. So he, he just, um, as opposed to a guy like Junior Kelsipau, who, uh, who's got all the shots uh, but doesn't quite have the, the situational awareness to, to um, always choose the right one. Um, so, you know, if you have a couple of guys like Andrew batting the way Andrew batted, I think Vanuatu would have been in with a, a much better shot. You know, let's say Josh managed to hang around a bit longer. Andrew comes in, bats the way he does. You're a half a chance for this game. So, it's yeah, there's, it, it's funny how there's just a couple of things go the other way and it looks like a total blowout. So where does that leave us? Canada has two wins from there. They're two games that they've played. Singapore defeated Qatar two days ago and, and Vanuatu got a win as well. So that's two wins for Canada and one each for Singapore, Vanuatu and Denmark. It's a rest day tomorrow for Vanuatu and for Singapore. So the games up tomorrow are Canada against Malaysia. That's on field one. And then Denmark against Qatar on Field number two, um, the Vanuatu touring party will be getting themselves on the airport train and going downtown and, and seeing the Toronto Blue Jays. And I know two people that will be very excited about that, and maybe one person, but Andrew Nixon and Lugnuts, both Blue Jays fans, funny enough, both people post about associate cricket a lot. So, Andrew, you can be very excited. I did I, I did offer to, to get him some merch um, and somehow get it back with Lenny, but um, he declined saying he's not really a merch person just as well because I've already got too much luggage and I'm sure Lenny... Oh, poor Lenny. Now, he didn't talk about this on the pod and I didn't kind of push it too much yesterday, but we've been asking Lenny to come on the pod at some point many times, many times. <laughs> People on both sides, people on both sides, no, many times over over the last four years of his being on this podcast. And he has always just sideswiped us, uh, sidestepped us, uh, not swiped us, um, especially during the EPL, you know, in, in Nepal and trying to get a bit of insight from, from him. But anyway, he's, ha- he's had an absolute terrible time. He flew from Manchester to Toronto and on a certain national carrier. <laughs> a certain national carrier of a North American country that we may be in at the moment. And he was, well, I say stuck, you know, as most of us are in economy. He had a baby vomit on him almost a dozen times during the uh, the transit. Uh, it was already delayed four hours out of Birmingham. And when he got up to try and give himself some space and, and kindly requested to sit in the jump seat just so he could get a bit of space, he was uh, basically yelled at by um, the lead um, stewardess. And so he had to go back to his you know, seat, seat of baby vomit. No, seat of baby vomit death. So when he turned up at the hotel, I gave him a hug, as you know, these are things that I do. But he, uh, he's just like, oh, I'm in a dark place. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I don't, do you want to go out? And he says, yeah. And then, yeah, so because he was booked with the, not with the group booking, the ICC, but his own credit card, um, and there was someone coming to pay for it, they were almost not going to let him in the room to, to, uh, to shower or check in until someone paid for the room for him. So it was good if it, good to get him on the podcast yesterday. Um, and it's already proving interesting, I think, that you know the, the challenge with the 
the pitches that we that we have been presented, um, I think, were probably a bit scary earlier on, but have played better as the time goes on, especially on field two. I think we didn't quite know how that was going to play um, both our game against Malaysia today and Canada against Singapore. So I'm, it's almost going to feel like I think we start with a little bit scary. They're going to be really good in the middle, but I dare say by the end they might be a little threadbare and, and spin may really come into it. Um, and so that leaves the point table now. Canada leading. They've played seven. They're on 12 points. Singapore have played seven. They're on 10. Denmark have played seven, and they're on six points, just ahead of Qatar, who have only played the six, but are on six points. Vanuatu have played seven and are on four points. And Malaysia have played six, and they're on two. And just reminding everyone that the top team in Challenge League A will go forward to the 2023 Cricket World Cup qualifier playoff, playing off for the final two spots in the World Cup qualifier. And almost as important is the bottom two teams, uh, as far as we understand at the moment, will fall back into a qualifier with the highest ranked T20i nations to compete for the final spots in the road to the 2027 50-over World Cup. So there's still a lot of action to go here there's still another five match days left with a couple of rest days in between how's it how's it shaping up uh, and teams form wise for you at this stage nick well just first it's quite interesting about the pitches it's almost like a test match in the you know it's uh it's not so much fun to bat on the first day or two then in the middle it's it's quite good to bat on and then towards the end maybe it won't be won't be great for batting again uh good thing you guys have so many spinners but uh yeah i mean as as i said earlier uh, I think Canada are looking to win every game, and in fact, Singapore was the match that they lost last time. So that's you know they've got that in the pocket now. Um, and in the middle there, obviously Qatar, Singapore, Denmark uh, are kind of tussling. Um, Qatar and Denmark, you know, thinking about Denmark and and having beaten Vanuatu, Denmark was probably the ones that you're looking to leapfrog to get out of that um, relegation zone or, or playoff zone. Or, or whatever ends up happening for the bottom two, um, so that's that's probably a very helpful result for Denmark in, in terms of their prospects going forward. Um, poor old Malaysia, I, yeah, I can't see them really getting off the bottom. Certainly not getting out of the the um, the bottom two. Um, and yeah, I think I mean, can can Singapore come back from here? They'll have to hope for other results, which is never ideal for a team, you know, trying to play catch up to to get into top spot. Um, but even then, you know, Canada's so far ahead on run rate anyway that, I mean, there's, there's still another whole challenge league to be run. But I, I think Canada are certainly in the box seat. Um, although, as you say, they've uh, they've strung me along before, so I don't want to be counting the chickens before they hatch. Yeah, you don't want to be left at the altar again by by this this entire country. So as I imagine, to, sorry, as I mentioned, tomorrow's games are Canada, Malaysia, and Denmark, Qatar. I not sure whether we'll have a daily for you tomorrow because we'll be watching the Blue Jays play, but uh, we'll, we'll see what we can muster. Thank you for, for your time and listening. And this is Nick coming to you from the same hotel room, but a couple of hours later, and I've just recorded an interview with Nikolai Damgaard, the hero of the match for Denmark against Vanuatu, where we have a little chat about his performances today. Enjoy, listeners, and keep an ear out for more great coverage of this Challenge League leg on EmergingCricket.com or our various social media channels. Bye for now. Well, Emerging Cricket is here with 
the hero of the match against Vanuatu for Denmark, Nikolai Damgaard. Um, 69 runs, four wickets, can't really do much better as an all-rounder. Talk us through your sort of mental process going from one discipline to the other and does do, do you kind of get a bit of a boost with your bowling if you've batted well or vice versa? It's quite funny because most of the time if I have a good bat, I bowl bad and and opposite. But yeah, today it just worked out brilliant. Now, you came in and basically you executed Denmark's plans perfectly at the top of the order. You know, Hamid Shah batting solidly and you were going hard. Um, that That's a kind of a conscious choice. We've seen Hamid Shah have a lot of partners at the top. I think last time uh, this event ran... I think maybe Jonas Henriksen was 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 opening, um, and and there's been a number of guys um, who, who've you know tried to fill that role. Um, how did this change come about? Because I remember you started batting at the top in club cricket maybe a year or two ago. I've been batting at the top for long. I just swapped club. So, um, but yeah, for Skanderborg, where I play in Denmark, uh, I started opening, um, and my cricket. Well, my batting obviously evolved at, at that stage. Um, so started opening in T20s. Did that in Guernsey a couple of years back. And in Belgium, most recent. And yeah, now, which is which is awesome. So you hit very strongly down the ground. And I guess Vanuatu were kind of feeding you there. What's your um, I, you know strategy to try and send the bowlers off their lengths? Because normally they wouldn't, you know, they'd, they'd be a bit more accurate. Were you... Kind of deliberately walking down the the the, the pitch to, to knock them off uh, against seamers. I reckon because I have long levers, they have to bowl even shorter than what they usually do. Um, so I don't do too much. I walk across the crease a couple of times, um, and the spinners. I just want to use my legs to get out to the, to the pitch of the ball because I'm not the best bad on on sp- on spinners. And looking across to your bowling performance, um, four for twenty six off your ten overs. Uh, Four for five off the first three, so I guess uh, didn't didn't do so well in the back end. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, talk us through that dismissal with Jared Allen because I, I saw you come over and have a little chat to him, saying you figured him out. Yeah, so what we talked about is normally I darted in, so ball fairly quick, uh, and and he found that I found out that I ball quick, quite quick. Uh, so I just looped it up a bit to him, and and he didn't play the shot yeah uh tried tried to whack it over cover and uh yeah got got a big edge the the denmark kind of ploy of having you going uh, aggressively at the top and then um i guess uh you're you're being so key to the bowling as well how much kind of pressure do you feel because you're you're an integral part of, of both disciplines i don't feel pressured i feel like hard hard to describe but yeah i'm Responsibility? Yeah, I like the responsibility of it, um, and and if I get out, I get out. I'm like I'm not a free wicket anymore, but if I get out, it's it's okay because number three can build up the partnership as we normally would. But I had, so I just have the freedom to go hard at the top. Now, I guess you're in Toronto, um, or well, I guess we're just a bit outside Toronto with uh, King City being a bit of a drive. How have you found the tour off the field? Um, you know, how have the boys been enjoying their time here? It's been great. Uh, on one of our rest days, we went to Niagara Falls, which was even 
even better in in real sight than in just in pictures so it was it was great we went to to the baseball game in the evening as well um so toronto's been treating us re really well 